Stacy and I'm Norma and we're Black Girls with Accents. Welcome back everyone. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Black Girls with Accents. On today's show we have Clarissa Cummings. Clarissa is founder and the program director of Urban National Community Organization. Urban National is a grassroots organization committed to curating public programming for social justice movements. Welcome, Clarissa. Hi, thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. So happy to be here. You know, this is one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, we appreciate you. it. <laughs> so, Clarissa, we wanted to speak to women, uh, women of different ages, women who have been living abroad for a long time, women who travel frequently. We wanted to think about um, and get into kind of the dynamics of what it is to travel alone, what it is to travel with family, what it is to um, kind of start a new life abroad, what it is to exist between continents and spaces and regions and kind of the kind of mobility that you have and really offer our readers some insight into the um into the the world of a black woman yeah and the different communities and spaces that you've moved in as a black woman uh over the last couple of years we're seeing the black sit right um during the trump years certainly during the height of COVID, Mm -hmm. but you've been traveling extensively for a long time, way before any political um, (laughs) motivator uh, instigated um, such, such movement. So can you talk to us a little bit about what, um, what piqued your interest about traveling abroad beyond the typical going to the Caribbean, you know, for a couple of weeks with girlfriends, what really, led you to have the courage to travel to Africa, um, to live in various parts of the Caribbean and Latin America and, and to do so alone? Wow, that's that's pretty big. You're talking about like now what, two decades. Mm-hmm. So I, my experience or my journey with um, outside of America, started with 9-11 actually mm. 9-11 happened and I just remembered the day after saying just a collapse of a whole idea of kind of like what life is <laughs> you know right. and life in America um just you know just kind of like you know you never know what tomorrow brings and um something called me was like I, I, I've got to get away so I had no connect I've never traveled before it was only one time I'd been out of the country and I was with um, a good friend and it was her family Dominican Republic and you know I would just go with her family I mm-hmm. loved them so much they treated me like one of their own mm-hmm. fine um when the time came that I had to leave, I called her and she was a, literally the only connection I had. She's someone who had lived outside the country. She was the only connection I had to to this idea. And she was just like, say no more. <laughs> you could go to DR, whatever. And I'm like, perfect. You know, um, thought I was going to stay with her family. She gives me a call back, like, I'd say 10, 15 minutes later after that initial call. And she's like, we got it all worked out, but you're not going to stay with my family, right? Because my family, they're going to they're gonna just have you all around. You're going to just be stuck with them. Right. My friend has a house in Santiago, it's a campo, and you can just go out there and just chill. I was writing, I was working on a book. You can just go out there and live. And so that literally got me outside of the country. But I, I would say what made the biggest impact or when I knew this was like going to be a thing, um, I would say two instances. I would say first being in Santiago, not knowing Spanish at the time Mm -hmm. and nobody spoke English. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know what living is like until you can't communicate. Like 
when you're in a place where you literally cannot communicate. Um, so we're you know, talking like, not, not even Dora Spanish. Oh, well, see, here's the thing. And this is something, I guess, uh, with accents, we all learn. I had taken Spanish class. I thought I would be pretty decent when I got out there. But uh, no. Right. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, just the reflection, all of that school in Spanish went out the window. It was like I had to relearn phonetically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just being in there, just like literally have to go to the bathroom. I had a job. How do I get to this job? Um, like language as a necessity for livelihood. And um, I do work with immigrants here and it's just a way I can now connect and and, and kind of see how meaningful that is or just um, what language, what, you know, what language, what role language plays in your everyday life, right? right? Just in life period, right? Communication, talking to people. So there was a way not being able to talk to people, you get lonely. Like you literally have only yourself. And this is before like internets and all of that stuff. So it's just really isolated. And so what you, or what became, what happened to me rather was that you lose this case of identity, right? Because like when you're in America, you're like these things, you know, I'm a woman, I'm black. I got always these things. But when you're somewhere else, People look at you, they might call you something different or yeah. you just kind of remove some of those identities and you become this kind of like, just like pure human. Mm. And that was something that really stuck with me. Like, you know, that feeling of almost, there's almost like, um, like nothingness. Like you realize that you're just like a small speck on this, in, in this planet, in this mm. world, and there's so many of you. And in return, that makes you value life and other people so much. Like it was weird once you, once I dismissed, um, you know, the ego of, of just like living, and it was just like, dude, I could, I could, I could, you know, I remember um, traveling somewhere like over there on a the road, and I was like, I could tip off this cliff. There's no communication. My mother would never know. There's like, you know, I'm just like mm-hmm. almost nothing. But that nothingness made me feel so like human and made me connect so much to like other people. And oh, how do they live? And how do they then? So from that experience, I then um, I just wanted to move around. So Dominican Republic had a really good bus system. So I, every weekend I was in another town in Dominican Republic. Oh. And then someone gave me the idea to cross the border into Haiti. Oh, nice. And I would say, so that feeling of like the humanity feeling empty, but feeling whole was influential. Like I was like, I know I'm going to have to be outside of America for a while. And then the second one was crossing a border by foot. Wow. So, um, that still resonates so um, between the Dihabon and Usmint border, um, between Haiti, it's, it's not the Port-au-Prince, it's not the south, it's the northern border. Mm-hmm. And I like, I'm walking across the border with migrants. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking across the border because I really, I'm like, don't have much money. I'm doing what I thought. I'm, I'm like looking at books. Right. Again, no internet. I'm like, oh, you take a bus here and then the border's right there. So let me just walk. And um, so I walked and it's, 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 it's ground, but this border had just such a distinct difference. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like one foot away from a whole nother country. who's going to have to do all these visa checks, a whole nother, like a whole nother thing. And I can like literally almost see, a, see this division mm-hmm. that's in front of my face. And so I just thought, how powerful is this? division and it's just sand and dirt and so they had me walk across like this i'll never get like this wooden not a bridge but like a walkway and then you're in a whole nother country with a whole nother set of, right. you know and was, that was just amazing to me just like wow i'm like four feet ahead of me i'm seeing a whole different world especially given you're moving from dr a relatively stable country in comparison to haiti you're leaving um, the Dominican Republic. I mean, obviously Haiti for all of its beauty, but given the politics between Haiti and the DR, 
Um, oh, 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 absolutely. And um, actually, the the border patrol at, on, a, on the Dominican Republic side pulled me into their office and was like, why are you going over there? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have some fun. I just want to <laughs> see some things. You know, I was like, yeah, I mean, it's the country. Let me just see things, you know. Um, and they were just like looking at me like they did not understand. It was just like, what? What do you like? Why would you want to? What, what, do, you, what do you want to do? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just going because I've never been. Right. <laughs> so that was the thing. They're just like kind of shaking their head as they're like waving as I literally walk across. <laughs> right. Like, there's no saving her. Oh, sorry. Um, did you later realize that there was a certain freedom that you had with that? Like, as you were older, like when you think back at it, do you think like, oh, that was just a young thought or do you like, so nice to have. Um, no, let me oh, let you answer. That's a great question. Like the naivety of yeah. <laughs> ignorance. The ignorance got me far because there are sure. things I do back then that I just would not do. I would not probably do that now in a real way, right? Yeah. So after I cross the border, I don't even know Creole. I don't know any of that stuff. And I got to hop onto the, what do they call it? Not a tap tap band. What do they call it in Haiti? Is it tap tap? They call it you know, the same thing, but they Concept. call it different yeah. things. Yeah. I think it's tap tap in Haiti. Or that part, and I'm like loaded up with like locals, and they're putting animals on the top, and all of them are looking at me like, "What the, fuck? <laughs> like right. what?" And I'm sitting there like, "Hey guys, you know, yeah. um, they know you're not one of them. Yeah, right. they, oh, they know. They, everyone always knows, right?" So, um, yes. So I would say, Norma, yes, that ignorance got me far, but that ignorance also just open up a whole nother world and, and, and traveling for me is really about people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just everywhere I go, I'm like in a neighborhood, I go in the neighborhood and just kind of like chill with, you know, yeah. my thing is if they're going to work in the morning, if they're walking to the bus stop or walking to public transportation in the morning, that's where I want to be. Yeah. Let me ask you, Rissa, um, oftentimes people, you know, watch a lot of motivational um you know talks listen to motivational talks and they often um talk about baggage this is a question that i've asked some other speakers right and so when you're traveling in this way so you've been to africa you spent time in latin america uh, the caribbean you can only bring the essentials right you can't bring everything mm. and so what what do you bring on your travels? What are the things that you make sure are packed in your bags no matter where you go? Hmm. I don't know, Trace. I think that switches up. Hmm. Right? So, for instance, it was different when I... So, when I first started, really, after Dominican Republic and I was just like, well, traveling's my thing. I then ba- I backpack for, like, the next two, three years. My mode of traveling was backpacking. Okay. Um... And if you're backpacking, I think there's a different set of essentials than if, like, how I live now, I'm going to places long term, you know, I'm, I'm older, have more finances. So, for instance, my essential now, I'll tell you, is my, my espresso pot. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's real. So I take my, yeah, because that's something that every time I go somewhere, they don't have that mocha pot. And as I'm in a Latin American club, they don't have that. Like, I, I'm very specific about my espresso, you know. Okay. So, I'm always bringing my... Um, espresso. But when I first started traveling, and this is before, um, I remember so clearly, this is before, um, you know, the internet in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm dealing with a book. So if you would ask me back then, I would have said, you need photocopies mm-hmm. of the map. Mm-hmm. I would rip out the pages in the book. And I remember um, it was such a big deal that whenever, whatever country I got in, that I gave myself two days, this is two days to contact my mother. Because I would have to find a internet space. There wasn't no cell phone. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I would like, I I would give myself like, okay, I got 48 hours. My mother knew that. Like, we got 48 hours to find an internet cafe. You know, internet cafes weren't even everywhere that I was going. But that was like the big deal. Like, having a phone card, you know. Um, So I'll say it changes, right? It changes depending on you too and I travel differently now mm-hmm. again because of finances age and I did when I was younger mm-hmm. so I, I don't know I think that's um 
I mean, besides the regular paperwork, like passports and stuff, um, I would say as now, because I'm staying in places much longer, I always take something that's kind of sentimental, like take a piece of home mm-hmm. with me. I travel with a small box and it, some, it contains certain things. It contains some of my crystals or some like little mementos. It's a small box that I take with me. And then wherever I go, I place it out to make it like home. Okay. That in my mobile yeah. That's wonderful. That yeah, might express the wish. Bougie. Oh, see, things have changed. Um, so, can you talk to us a little bit about your uh, most recent travels to New Mexico and to um, Mexico? Um, uh, there's a community there that, that you've spoken about, we've uh, had conversations about, a community that allows you to feel a sense of freedom and security that I don't know that you felt the same anywhere else. And maybe you have felt the same in other places, but this particular place is special to you. Yes, I just did time in Medida, Mexico, which is said to be, it's considered the second safest city in North America. Oh, was the first. I wonder. What's the, what do you think? <laughs> I always ask people, like, what do you think the first is? And actually, most people get it right. I did it. Really? In North America? North America. And you got to think all in North America. All of North America. For some reason, I want to say a city in Canada, but at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> probably not. Like, I don't know. Why? I want to <laughs> no, say you're... Toronto, but... Mm. Pretty close, uh, Montreal, Quebec. Oh, Montreal. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know why it always makes sense. But as an American, when it was like North America, you know, we always tend to forget Canada. Yeah. So I was like, Seattle? Um, <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, Medida is considered the second safest city in North America. And um, when I got there, and there is a lot of truth to that. I mean, of course, that's, that's actually a, like kind of a topic that people talk about. Like, oh, why is this a safety city? You know, it's a, a topic um, and everyone has different theories on why it is the second safest city in North America. But from my experience um, living there, I would say like just even, for instance, seeing women exercise by themselves at midnight in parks mm. <laughs> by themselves it's like what um yes the sense of security was profound even the way the children were able to be free and um i think what it it, it just had a profound impact on me because security was something i've been walking around with innately or this um a protection rather that I didn't realize how heavy it was until I went to Medida and I, and I was able to drop it. Mm. Right. Oh, wow. yeah. So there's just this, and, and, and you know, coming from Brooklyn, I know I used to do this in traveling too. Like people be like, Oh, be safe. Well, watch out for, you know, the pickpocketers in Florence. They really go crazy. And I feel like, dude, I'm from like, I'm right. from Brooklyn. So my standard would always be everybody else's right. like, right? yeah, what they, yeah, pretty top notch. But, and I was like, oh, this is standard for me, you know, what you're talking about. Yeah. So um, being able to drop, like you just kind of really don't recognize how much fear you walk around with mm. in America. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we got, for myself, you have these double whammies of a woman and I'm black, you know, mm-hmm. um, rolling in certain communities is like that, you know, that and that. But, you know, I can lose that. As a woman, I feel safe in Medida. As a Black person, I feel safe in Medida. You know, as a person from an urban Mm -hmm. location, I feel safe in Medida. Um, So that was something new. That and, and the inability to kind of drop some of that protection is extremely freeing mm-hmm. again there's a certain type of freedom that you realize that you just actually don't have and you walk around in life well, at least i can say i've walked around most of my life with that on me but you know it, be, it just became became part of my weight and, and I, 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 i'm listening to you too and i'm like yes it sounds so familiar and then there's still two groups right like so i want to ask this because i want to see how you if this was part of when you first traveled and if it's something that you dropped 
I have a friend who like when she goes out by herself or actually goes out anytime, she has one of those glass breakers and mace. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. never had those things, but I do have a similar point of view as you, as you said, like when people were like, be careful when you go to that country, blah, blah. Like my aunts were terrified of me moving to New York. I think they thought that I was going to be shot like the moment I set foot in the city. And I was just like, no, I don't, I'm not necessarily afraid, especially or triggered by any place I go where there's other minorities or other people of color. And um, which I feel like, which is the trigger they most um, prefer to. So mm-hmm. when you first started traveling, did you do that? Did you pack like these armor things or was that, did you always have this particular, no, like, you know what? Okay. Honestly, I never did. I so. And I've thought about it a lot. So for instance, in more recent times, I thought, oh, let me get some mace and I go over there. Let me do that. Like, I'm, you know, um, mm-hmm. with Mexico, I thought it, but I never have. And um, you're making me think, um, and I would say that probably a lot of that comes from because of where I come from. Everywhere else in the world seems safer. Mm, right. Right. Okay, unless, unless you, you know, you know I'm, I'm not going to Afghanistan. So right, right. You know, every place I'm going to me was so much. Even the places that I would like, if I'm in Western Europe. The places they say like you know Rome is, yeah. you know, so they're not safe. But I was like Roman. Yeah. Rome's not brown. Right. So right. You're all right. You know, right. And that might be true, right? Might be untrue, but in my head, like no, I get it. I get it. When I went, when my sister and I went to South Africa, the the hotel, you know, the concierge were kept telling Mm us, "Oh, take your jewelry off. Oh, don't bring your purse. Oh, don't go anywhere. Oh, just stay within the perimeter." Like they constantly, um, kind of like parents checking us to see what we were wearing to see if we would be safe, and we were like, "What?" Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? I remember going to Brixton and, you know, that was like the first time in London, you know, supposedly Brixton was the, you know, watch out at Brixton. Right, right, And then I'm like rolling around with my friend who's taking me over to his family and I'm rolling, I'm rolling into these apartment buildings and I thought it was great and clean only to find out that that's That's like their project. Right, right. Yeah, those were their projects. I was like, you got... Flower gardens, right? Right, right. It just didn't instill, but that's just because of where I come from, right? Of course, you know. And I, I wouldn't tell anybody else to do that, right? Right, right. I, it strikes me as, um, well, a couple of things. One is, it's black people have been traveling, well, the people of the diaspora have been traveling forever, Mm -hmm. no Uh surprise there. Um, black people born in America have been traveling forever. It's not a new phenomenon, despite mm-hmm. what social media might have you believe in blacktravelers.com. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That same image of the giraffe eating their breakfast with them, which I think, oh by the way, giraffes drool incredibly. They, they are disgusting. Yeah, they but anyway, are. <laughs> um, FYI for anyone listening. Uh, and those tongues. Right. But it's interesting because I, despite the fact that, yes, it is a, it is true that black people from the, the diaspora travel, have mm-hmm. always traveled. What I find interesting about this community in Mexico is, um, is resonating with me. It sounds a lot like what Baldwin was saying. Because yes, black people travel. And mm-hmm. depending on where you travel will depend on how you're received if you're still bringing along with you all the baggage from here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Baldwin talks about this, right, in Stranger in the Village, in Notes of a Native Son, about, not Stranger, well, both in Stranger in the Village and, um, oh, oh, Stranger in the Village and the other piece about being American and then being a black American in um, a piece about going to France and how when he counters the African students who are in France and sees how they're mistreated, mm-hmm. he's forced to recognize his own, for the first time ever, he's forced to recognize his own privilege as American, even though he's black. But then when he encounters white Americans in France, sharing the same space, 
<laughs> he's yeah. trying to now work out what that relationship between the two looks like because mm-hmm. we're not on home turf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your beliefs, your basically your white supremacy, mm-hmm. American to American, American to an American doesn't operate the same. So it's not suggesting that France doesn't have its own issues with mm-hmm. race and class, but it's saying for Americans on standing on equal ground external to the US, mm-hmm. there's a different kind of relationship that's happening there. Oh, and one in which he doesn't feel the weight or burden of blackness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, and I oh, think that's yeah. really fascinating. So for you, right, moving these spaces, because we we speaking to uh, somebody else who's currently living in Costa Rica and encountering um, other Americans as a black woman encountering non-black people. <laughs> there's a that that jostling for hierarchy or that, that, um, that familiar narrative of, um, a, what, socialized false notion of supremacy. Yeah. Yeah. Falls flat. (laughs) So have you experienced that? Um, well, if I think, if, if you're saying what I think you're saying, um, so one thing I noticed is when you're America, America takes identity very seriously, mm-hmm. right? And Indian culture. We take it very seriously for various reasons, I think, because we're a land built up of a people who are not from here. Right. A young, right? a young, yeah. relatively young nation. Yeah. Re- re- very, very, right. Um, so that, um, it's kind of like what I was saying before about which identity, like the, the, the list of your identities, mm-hmm. right? So when you're in America, America forces you to choose certain identities as more important than others, right? Um, I feel, especially as an American Black, that Black is the thing, like first and foremost, right? America doesn't let you forget that, right? Doesn't, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. just the nature and the history. But that when I go other places, black is not the first thing they think of for me, right? So it would be very hard being in other countries and the first thing that they saw me as was American before they saw me as, I wouldn't even say black is in the diaspora, but even just American black. Before they saw me as a black person from America, they see me as an American. And being American comes with all these other things that a lot of American blacks do not relate to. I will always try to tell my friends in other countries, I was like, listen, try to find an American black with the, with a tattoo of the American flag. Hmm. You will not find that. Caribbeans, they got Trinidad flags. I see all, you know, black people with tattoos of flags. And that's there in the military. Yeah. That's the only way. So I will always use that as an example to say what we connected to first more. And so that's why it would be such a problem, I think, um, especially living in living on a continent, which was so hilarious seeing like American blacks come over there and go frantic. Because of our relationship to the imagination of Africa, mm-hmm. and then you go there, and they're like America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're America, and they would say things to me like, um, they would talk about things like black things, and they would keep saying like we, we, and and I knew that they were not including me in that we. Right, right, <laughs> yes. right. Oh, yes. <laughs> me. Right, you know, and then other things come into play, right? And a lot of people don't realize this, but aesthetics play such a huge role. Like physically, just how you look. Because yeah. I've had friends, they come to, um, you know, the continent, have a different experience. You know, the Africans are looking at them like, oh, you look like you're from Kenya. If you didn't open your mouth, I think you're from Kenya. You got somebody like me 
um, you know, fairer skin. They, they, they don't know what to do with me. I'm, oh, please, I'm American. Or I'm something else that they have seen before. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, going back to maybe, I think what you were saying, Tracy, is that you become, you don't become that Black person, right? You know, you don't, you know, in America, you'd be the nigga. Um, you're not. Somebody mm-hmm. else is the nigga mm-hmm. outside of the country. And um, I think that is a reality that American Blacks have a hard time accepting. I had a hard time, right? Because I go, let me say, when I went to, to South Africa, I mean, everywhere I go, just if you Black, I'm rolling with you. That's just what we do. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's what I know. I consider us the same. But I would go out there and it'd be kind of like, different you know they have they have a whole different race grouping mm-hmm. <laughs> just right. like yeah they would have a whole different race grouping and when they said black that meant something different than not, when i yeah. said black not you <laughs> yeah Maybe and, exactly. and Maybe you know they have yeah. in south africa they have this, the, the, right. the, the group colored yeah. and i'm putting air quotes around that you know right. they linked me with that and right. so I'm getting called something that is totally different than like has been imprinted in my own identity. Like nothing about me is not black. Right. Right. right? Nothing thing. about me is not black. Oh yeah. But go over here. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot about you. You know, right. You're not black like me. You're not black. Like, you know, and that's why I always try to specify American blackness. You know, like it's a thing. Or my friend actually used to say that in South Africa. She was like, you know, our um, history is not as long and not as ancient, but we have, we're a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we have rituals, we have, you know, different things. So um, how to deal with that? I mean, everyone takes it differently. I, I, I do think American Blacks do have a hard time with that. They do, they don't understand, we don't understand too much the experience of going someplace, especially on a continent where the black is not necessarily enveloping you as one of their own, like, you know, you are me, I am you. (laughs) And they just go bananas because that's not our instruction here as American blacks. Right. Did yeah. I, did I, yeah, you, um, you yeah. did. And I think there's such a mythology, as you said, around the homecoming. And I know there's been, you know, I know Ghana's now said, okay, come one, come all, yeah. give you your citizenship. Um, and and Tara actually both going to Ghana in uh, Friends of Ours, uh, going in both um, October and November. Um, there is a, it is a rude awakening, I think, for people who either haven't, read a lot so they don't know about the experiences (laughs) of other people who have encountered this i can say that my own experience it's funny because my sister dresses in a lot she'll wear a lot of like um what do you call them here uh yeah like the kaftan kind of things Mm -hmm. and i probably and i was mindful so i'm thinking about when i went to morocco i was mindful of what i wore as well so a lot of long-sleeved kind of things despite that my sister uh, one of my sisters is clarissa's complexion so walking through the what do they call them the 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 markets there's a different oh, in Morocco? yeah okay the, mm-hmm. yeah, no whatever the real name is for that. Yeah. i can't remember the zooks or whatever they're called um they would call out beyonce beyonce whitney houston <laughs> like any uh, any, any. african american singer <laughs> they would call out right for us it's to so stop funny. and buy their their wares <laughs> and it's funny because and I'm saying this because my sister was so nondescript and she wears her head wrapped in, you know, in African cloth. But none of that mattered, right? They just saw the dollars yeah. and they saw Americans and we're not American. They called me Obama and when I was living in Cape Town. <laughs> and they, I loved it personally. And um, actually, I, I, I feel like maybe later on when I went to visit, I feel like that's become like maybe a common, like, yeah. been, like but when I was there, it was like early on. And um, yeah, everyone, I lived in a um, township like in a city, lived in Boca, and and they knew me, and it was like Obama and my friends. I remember friends came to come find me. And they 
got the directions mixed up, but this community is small enough. And they were like up the block and they're like, oh, we're looking for Clarissa. And they're like, oh, and she's like, black American. I'm like, Obama, Obama's <laughs> And they and then and they show, and I have to this day don't know who directed them to my house. Right. They was like, oh yeah, Obama. She's right. over there. Exactly. <laughs> right. I personally loved that. I right. thought it was. It was so fine cute. for me too. It's just interesting that the association with if you're black, you're American. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. they that we. I mean, we kept insisting we're not. You know, we're you know wanting to. It's the same kind of thing the immigrants experience here where mm-hmm. you think, mm-hmm. well, I come from X, but people just see black first. And in other places, they don't necessarily see color. They see a nationality imposed on you because of their, in the same way that people have perceptions about Africa before they get there, right? Mm, it's yeah. the same way that African, yeah. some African people have also a perception of you as a black person. So yeah. you can waste your time saying all along, no, we're from England. No, we're from, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter because they're still like, oh, American. That's, yeah. that's what they yeah. decided. Yeah, and and we'll lump you in. I work with um, with immigrant students, and I know um, a lot of our um, young African boys or students have a huge issue when they come here, and they physically are young black men, but black black men, and the the stereotypes that come with that they're not used to because either their tribe or the country they're from, they're known for being like sweet and caring, and they're like, what is this? <laughs> thing that they're seeing me as as like tough and mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. who'll fight you and someone who's aggressive and right. like where they're from their either their tribe or even their their region they're like no we're known for being right. you they're know socialized in that same yeah way. Right. Where, where our culture is known for being peaceful our culture is known for being you know kind and this right. and they come in they get tossed with this just place, they just get placed with the imagination of, of, of what it means to be a black boy here and they don't know what to do with it. Right, right. That's, that's really, that's, I can, that sounds so hard. Like in their mm-hmm. teens when they, when they arrive, they're in the teenage years or in college years? Uh, teenage. Teenage years. High school. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask some more about that, about your organization. So it operates both in the U.S. and uh, outside of the U.S.? Well, in that example, I wasn't talking about my organization. I worked with, um, yeah. Sorry for lumping in. Um, yeah, I worked in education and in international education. I see. And then those students. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So we didn't mention uh, in your in the introduction that you're also an artist. Uh, Clarissa is a writer. The filmmaker, she she draws sketches. She may not, she's wincing, but you can't see her on screen. But she's an artist, definitely an artist. You're, um, you're identifying me as that. I am. I just want to be she, she, okay. She's an artist. She, she, I didn't identify Well, okay. I mean, you have on record, it's, it's documented, a documentary. A documentary is out there somewhere. Uh, a Howard, <laughs> a Howard alum of the film school. <laughs> So, you know, we have to acknowledge that. I do do art. I am a creative. Mm-hmm. As I think we all are. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were going to say? Two? I'm sorry. Were you saying two songs too or no? Were you saying something about music before? I no. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. I thought Nothing you were going to mention something about music. Okay. I'm unaware of the music part. But she's <laughs> no. a creative. I mean, who's, who's to say? But she's a creative. Do you... Um, well, I know that you make space uh, and time for that when you're traveling and that you yes, seek definitely. out uh, opportunities for that. Do you have more opportunities to uh, dabble in your creative pursuits when you're away more so than you're here? Do you make more time for it or just, it's yeah. just. Absolutely. So this will, I'm going to bring, I'm going to merge two thoughts and one from previous that you had talked about black people, um have been traveling since forever whatever and it reminded me that you know i really do think we have a limited way of talking about how we move our bodies across different spaces and across borders right um and 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 that language has not changed or kept up with the actual mode of moving your body meaning like 
there was a time where it was very different. Like the average person could not travel to Europe. The, the average person could not do that. Now the average person, they could save a little bit like a working class person can now travel. Airlines are cheaper, you know, right. so forth. But we still have this limited language for how we're moving our bodies, right? So you were like, oh, Black people have been traveling. And I'm like, well, what actually is traveling? What entail- like, what's the difference between traveling and migrating? Mm-hmm. You know, how were we moving our bodies across? And it's just, there's still that now, because I like see people who, I don't know, this is like really interesting. Like they'll call themselves travelers. Um, or they'll 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 kind of call themselves or think of themselves as traveling the global type of sense or that they're but they every time they travel they just go to a hotel and a resort they don't do anything in the community like they don't come out with a friend they don't do any of that shit you know so it's like I'm like I don't know if you're doing the same thing as me but we're both moving out by and neither one is I don't want to say better or worse but mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, like I, I know people visited so many countries and they have great Instagram feeds and everything. But you ask them about the community or what happened culturally, they don't know shit. And they don't know. And they didn't even get a number from anybody out there. Right. So um, why am I saying I'm saying that because I think there is very much a difference in how we move. There's just so many ways. There's many ways to move ourselves um, into these different spaces, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, and I'm even trying to find the name for me because I'm somebody who moves myself for spaces, but you know, like, you know, it's not necessarily about the passport stamps anymore. It's not right. really about that. So, you know, again, I like staying in communities and being a creative has allowed me to immerse myself better mm-hmm. in like just local community spaces. Yeah. So I do figure sketch Mm-hmm. classes wherever I go mm-hmm. wherever I go um from Europe to, I, and, and what's so interesting is every country I've been to I have found a space where artists get together and do figures sketch yeah. sessions mm-hmm. at least so far where I've been well except Costa Rica but then I, I created one um so one having that creative well having that uh, creative outlet will always allow you to get immersed with other artists and if they're there they're going to probably be more in the community they're going to be local Mm -hmm. um i now go to these figure sketch sessions in another country i get to meet people who are just like you know a housewife from up the block who's lived here um so i'm saying that because i actually like to give that as uh a way for people when they travel things that they can do to kind of get like more immersed in community of the space so I always say if you have any type of artistic outlet, go to whatever workshop or class in that community. It is like the best way. That's a great idea. Yeah, best way. And then you get there. I always say that and meeting mothers. That is my shit. Like you got to meet mothers. If you can get meet someone, you, you find someone there. Hoo, hoo, ha, ha. Instead of asking them to take you to the club, take say, can I meet your mother? Because mothers always hold like, years of cultural information mm-hmm. <laughs> and then if you just chill with them and be like they'll they'll tell you everything so um mothers are very important in my in, in my travels and the creative space and yes i do i am able to create more in other spaces but that's just logistics it's just that if i'm home i got more things to do i got more friends i got more family to see so that's time to do it uh so yeah excellent that's such a gem okay. um travel is especially now in light of the pandemic um many people's career trajectories have changed the way that we think about work and spaces working in physical spaces the use of technology all mm-hmm. of this i think yep. for a lot of people has made them reassess how they want to live how they want to work it's opened up opportunities to work mm-hmm. more remotely um and also the recognition that we don't have to check into an office building right mm-hmm. that we can and certain industries were already doing this, right? Financial industry, obviously the tech industry. 
uh, a lot of the outsourcing that goes on. Um, yeah. You're able to, you've been able to work from wherever in the world. Mm-hmm. That that has also given you a fair amount of freedom as well, right? Because let's face it, it's not just about having the, it's a privilege to, to travel, no matter how um, affordable it might be, it's still a privilege to get that passport and to travel. Well, again, how are we defining travel? <laughs> but well, yeah, okay. yeah, I'll go with it, Tracy. Yeah. To, I won't to, push to, back to, on that. Well, <laughs> It's a privilege to leave your place of residence and cross borders and what you do in that as 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 a luxury and activity as yes. an extra yes. yeah, yeah exactly so um I think I lost my question there I think <laughs> my sorry. question so no no I, no so what I wanted to say was um <clears throat> you have the you've had the opportunity to work remotely for quite some time, right? Because for anyone who's listening and is inspired by your story, oh, your life sto- lifestyle, mm-hmm. they need mm-hmm. to know it's not just about saving up your pennies and picking up and going yeah. with a backpack. It's, it's not that. It's you've made a conscious choice to create a life for yourself that is not bound to a kind of con- conventional way of living, but at the same time, you're able to maintain Right. You're not hitchhiking. You're not, just to be clear. Anymore. Right, right. To be clear. <laughs> that you, are, you, be are, clear. you are, right. Well, to be clear, you are a professional mm-hmm. who is now. able to, yes, transport your work with you. Yeah. Um, well, what does this mean for personal relationships for you? You said that you, I love that you said you can meet the mothers because, um, what I heard was mothers are the DNA, right? The DNA of a place. Of the, the location. Uh, the mother is the oral archive. Get it I, in. Yes, right. exactly. Get it real. Fascinating. I just finished reading someone's new book about, um, I had to review a book about trauma and archives and, and the way that we think about what's valued so you think, oh, a newspaper report, a police report, uh, a eyewitness account, all of those things are considered to be taken as fact, right, when recounting a situation. But we don't think about the the napkin that may have been picked up that was on the floor or the strand of hair or the braid that was left in the midst of a fight. These, these other artifacts beyond mm-hmm. just memory that help mm-hmm. to create a story about a place or an experience or so to think about the role of the mother is just brilliant um and just that's a beautiful way of thinking of, but it makes sense when you think about a place yeah, and, places are, and places are gendered right it yeah. makes so much sense so in addition to the mothers what are, what are some of the really good friendships that you've made not just through your artistic circles, but also about business, about connection, about building, about community building. Um, what kind of opportunities have you found uh, during your time? Yeah, to be honest, um, I and it's just you know this is this is probably relative, subjective. Everyone has different types of personalities. Everyone, you know. Um, Everyone floats differently. I've never left a city, an international city, without some people. Never. And I'd say easily over half of them I'm still connected with. But, um, I mean, I mean, it's hard to, right, I guess, kind of observe from an objective way, right? Because I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I always meet people because I'm nice, I'm cool, you know, whatever. But... I don't know if that's necessarily a general experience. I will say, um, so one, yes, I make personal relationships wherever I go, except for Barcelona. Barcelona Barcelona is the only place I've come out of with no people. And I always Mm. mark that. I did not like that place. Anyway, neither here nor there. So um, uh, one, I'm usually staying in a community. I'm usually staying in someone's house. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even if I Airbnb, it's like there's like a landlord or something. They always want to like I get connected and then next, you know, I'm with the family 
all the time, at least half this, any space that I've been to, that I've lived in, I've, I've had a local kind of like family. Um, I would say a couple of things, but I just had to talk about my personal experience. I think one, I'm in the community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one, I'm in the community. Um, and so they're like kind of the regular people of those places. So they're not necessarily all taken with you being foreign sometimes, right? Depending on where you are, but they don't give a shit. They got a job, they got a family to raise, you know. Um, but I will say this, and, and I, this is very personal. I I can't say it's, it speaks for everyone, but I have strong cultural confidence. I am like, I have extreme, like I am very much a Brooklyn black girl, very much. I'm fine with that. I'm very much American Black. I'm good with that. I love it. I'm proud of it. And I take that in with me to whatever community. And I feel like they appreciate that more than when you do that whole, I'm in Ghana, so let me wear kente cloth now. <laughs> yeah. No offense to anyone wearing, you know, I mean, if I'm, tr- I'm trying to really just trying to get across kind of a difference and maybe how you come to cultures and how you come to communities. And when you come to communities as is like with this strong type of thing, especially if they have a strong culture. So I find that people with, with, with strong cultural identity don't like when other people be trying to come rolling up in that shit. And, you know, it's it's everywhere. OK, that's everywhere. OK, you in El Barrio, like in Mexico, they don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or you know what I'm saying. I just feel like some of my relationships, um, the strength of them, and I have really good, fr- really good friends from other countries, and I really think the strength of that is that I'm very clearly who I am, which allows them to very clearly be who they are, and nobody has to perform for the American, mm. you know, no one has to perform like, and, and then they start, everyone starts getting clearer on what it means to be what I am. So, you know, again, coming to places, you're American first, they automatically think I got money, yeah. you know, automatically think I'm middle-class. And I used to have this um, fun exchange, especially when I was living in South Africa, like, you know, sometimes I'd get that and it's like, you know, you're American. I'm like, you went to private school. Get on my back. <laughs> right. You went to boarding school. I was up in public, like, you know. But listen, the fact is just being in America and being born here and just, you know, some of the some of the things that come with that, just it just you have to accept that it's going to place you somewhere else. And so the idea to take that and to diminish it or either mm. ignore it for the sake of trying to get close mm. to another culture is bullshit, you know, it's, 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 infantil- it's it infantilizes other people. It, you know, I, I just really, I see that a lot. That's just a personal thing. So like when I'm in other countries, I'm wearing my Brooklyn sweatshirt, <laughs> you know, Oh, actually, you know what? Mexico though, I was wearing all those, Mexican dresses and stuff because they were easy and flowy. But when I went out into the neighborhood with the, I'm forgetting the name, I'm forgetting the name, but you know, with the flower, I'm forgetting the name of the dress. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. You know, it's dress, the traditional yeah. dresses yeah. that over there, or the yeah. wear, only abuelas, only the grandmothers wear yeah, that. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you out here with your uh, uh, in and our grandma's house coat? <laughs> but in my, in my defense, only because it was hot and easy, but Everywhere I go, my my style remains New York, Brooklyn, like every like I'm my acts, like everything. I don't change I don't change my lingo. I don't change um my slang. I don't do any of that. And I do find that in personal relationships, that's been helpful. Like I feel like I've gotten a more realistic type of connection, you know. With the person. Yeah, I'm like because I'm thinking like next to being yourself, but I get from it too. And with, with you saying like, take me to your mother and stuff. What you also seem open to is just open to what they want to share with you about their culture. Exactly. And so for me, like just like um, connecting you with you there is always food. I have no problem mm. trying food. <laughs> yeah. And so I like while you were saying that, I was like, yes, it's it's uh, the humble part of 
like I'm me and I'm fine with this. I hope you accept me as me, but also show me yours and like then and and so that I can take that in and just appreciate it for what's important to you, not to all of a sudden make it my own and um, yeah. appropriated, I guess, right? Like Well, yeah, because yeah. that's when it becomes, right? Because then you have that sensitivity, like even things like language become kind of weird. It's like, oh my goodness, I didn't mean to say that that's what it means. It's like, hey, she's from Brooklyn. That's what they do. And um, I also find an openness to share. I also find people more open to share their culture mm -hmm. when they don't feel like you're a leech. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, I'm literally trying to learn about your culture because, you know, you know like it's not going to be a one-way street, no. right? That's usually the exchange. It's a one-way street. I go over to this country, you know, Abuela, whatever, you know, she's telling me everything. It's just take, 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 take. Um, but if, you know, when you come with your own culture, you can also share, mm -hmm. you know, like foods. I mean, I'm, I'm giving them potato salad. I'll make a good potato pop. None of that. You know what I mean? And also, too, if they ever come to the States, you know where they're coming. They're not, they're not going to Times Square. You're going to be up with me. You're going to be in Brooklyn. I take them to my mama's house. Like, you know, you're going to get that as well so it's not going to be a one-way street and i think unfortunately sometimes that's what we that's what happens yeah. right or also those communities especially if you're marked earmarked as a community to see because there's some museum or restaurant exactly. or whatever's in the trouble. thing to see yeah they've seen <laughs> you know the, they know when the tourists i mean i see it when you're in you know you're in harlem and you see that bus with the people oh the red yeah saying to me the bus with the people i see that i'm like they're the neighborhood right and i think that that's maybe how sometimes other people feel when they're in their communities right here come the tourists you can spot them a mile away they're yeah. there to get their artifacts take pictures of the little girls who just you know happen to be sitting at the edge of a street playing and that's so exotic they're, they're taking pictures all of this exactly. kind of stuff oh so yes oh yeah they're, and, and right? to be fair yeah yeah your garden i didn't do that you yeah. know we grow in our own right. journeys right you learn you're right you learn so you coming as your authentic self and you coming to not um, play anthropologist, but to just be a human yeah. being. Be a human being. Human, meet exactly. other human beings. That, that, that sincerity comes through, right? You're not furiously taking down the recipe for grandma's mole. Yeah. You're yeah. eating it and saying, <laughs> well, right? And the next minute you know, grandma's mole is on some TV exactly. show. Yes. So you're you're there to... Mushmash. Right. Exactly. You're, you're there. Here's what's funny. In the beginning, like in the place you ask for that mole, it's like, eh, but you, you do it right and you come as yourself, whatever, uh, you're going to get that recipe. Yeah. They're going to be like, huh. You know yeah. why? I, what, what happens, I find, you know that there's a switch when they want you to be one of them. Mm. <laughs> like, I'll have all my family, like, Clarissa, come here. But this is how we do it, okay? You need to you need to do it this way. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, right. Oh, okay, great. Now we're all, we're right. all family. Right. Right. Um, I would get that, get, get that a lot, especially with, like, uh, certain verbiage, with language. Like, no, Clarissa, this is how we say it. Now you got to say it like us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pride. Well, that pride. Yeah, it's like, pride exactly. Exactly. Taking you in as well as their own and nurturing you and, yeah. There you go. And I also feel like, I mean, I'm very, I, I really do give a lot of credit to having this type of cultural confidence, which, you know, comes from my family, my moms mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Because not everyone in Brooklyn has that. Mm -hmm. Not everyone in New York has that. Or not even every American Black has that. I have it. Um, you know, so strongly, I guess that it becomes a learning, it becomes fun learning experience for everyone. And it's not, uh, how do I say this? Okay. So there's a time I've, I have found where, you know, of course you're American first, right? You're American first. I go to places I'm an American first, even though in my head, I'm like, nah, I'm like, we're, we're all this, you know, I'm one of you. I'm like, I'm not, because what happens is there's an imagination of, of America, right? So I would go places and it would be so funny. I would find that the imagination of America was Texas. Like the imagination of who we are is like this Texas thing, mm -hmm. you know, um, but 
the visual of of who we are, what it is, would be city. Mm. So it would be this weird thing. So like I've heard so many times from people I've known from other places when they first got to America and they went to Wisconsin for the first time. And they're like, there weren't any buildings, like tall buildings or whatever. And they're like, their yeah. visual of America is New York. Right. But, their, but their imagination of who we are is Texas. Right, right. And it throws me off. It throws everything off. And it will take a while for them to kind of like see that. I mean, just like anywhere, like it takes me a while when I go places like to see, Oh, they're from the North and the mm-hmm. North does this or mm-hmm. and the East does this. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it's the same, same thing all over. Right. So last question, you've been to many continents. Where have you not traveled? I've been to countries. You've been to several continents. You've been to the continent of Africa. You've been to continental Europe. That's many. Um, (laughs) Is there a wish list place that you've yet to explore that you're, you know, hunkering to get to? Not really. The main question would be, I mean, a whole world I'm like so pretty open to. So I just kind of go, I pretty much... I, I go is where Asia, I go. Is Asia on your radar? Uh, <laughs> um, well, Asia's quite large. Right. Um, and I always say this. No, I have not been to Asia. And people always actually find it a little funny style that that's the continent I haven't been to. But I have political... I have some reasons. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> which I don't know if it's safe to get into here. But um, there's also to my head, like as long as there's so much of the of Africa, of the continent mm. that I have not seen that yeah. there will be more. Like I'm not going to get to China before I get to Senegal. Right. Not a priority. That's not happening. Yeah. Or maybe it would, you know, because sometimes, let me tell you, I'll go anywhere, like really, I'll go anywhere. Some, I've met people and they'd be like, yo, I live over here. Come see. I just met someone. She's from Pune in um, Asia, in um, India. And she was like, listen, if you ever want to come, I got to put And I'm like, listen, that's all you have to tell me. So right. a lot of times, I'd say probably at least a quarter of the countries I've been to have literally been because someone's like, yo, I'm over here. Come check it out. Or just, hmm. and I'm like, sure. Right. That's how I got to Bruges. That's how I got to um, Berlin. Right. So. Okay. Never know yeah. then. Yeah, no, 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 no. The world is so big. I'll, I'll go wherever things are happening, moving me, wherever. Do you have a favorite place? Oh, that's so hard. Favorites. <laughs> Favorites make you create a hierarchy. And that's unfair. Um, so I used to always say Capetian in um, Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, Cuba. Yeah. town. Um, well, I'm did countries and cities. Uh, Cape Town well, over jo- Cape yeah. Town over Johannesburg. Uh, yeah, I didn't do much, much time in Johannesburg. But the thing about I'm really I, I like cities, so cities mm-hmm. are my thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really into decentralized cities. Right, right, right. <laughs> Johannesburg is a very decentralized yeah. city. Cape Town is a very centralized city. So I'm just into centralized cities. But um, yeah. it's you know it's not yeah mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, you know what, Trace, that's hard because also, too, depending on when you ask me what time in my life. Yeah. For instance, there are countries that I went to at one point in time in life, and I was like, this is monumental to what, you know, I'm experiencing now. And then I go back based on that experience. I'm like, meh. Mm-hmm. You know, Amsterdam was a huge was a, oh. was a huge turning point for me. And I just went there last day. I was like, you know what? I can never come back here again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I have that all the time. People get so excited. Oh my God, Amsterdam. And I, I'm like, I love my, yeah, I love my hometown. <laughs> but we also don't experience it the same as like growing up there. So the reasons that people get excited are not yeah. reasons that I experienced there as a, as a young person, or as a teen or like going to college. So I'm also not relating, right? Like they're like, oh, smoke, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't smoke. So we immediately come like to this thing like, oh, okay. And so, yeah, I love it. I think it's a great place for people to raise their children. It's very family oriented, but 
No, like sometimes people still ask me. It's like a blank sheet of paper. Yeah, I'm like, would you move there? I'm like, no, I'm good. I I, <laughs> I got what I needed. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but the first time I went to Amsterdam, it, Amsterdam was the first international city that I wanted to live in. I never thought about living outside of America mm-hmm. until I went to Amsterdam. And so, for, you know, at the time, that was the first place I went with this type of security thing, a, another freedom. You don't, you don't have drapes on your windows. No. You know, you don't do that. You leave even bikes unlocked yeah. and shit. I was just like, so at the time, you know, where I was and my place and being, you know, fresh out of America. And these were things that were like spectacular to me. But now I've grown and know, okay, well, you can have that also with some other stuff. And, you know, so just different things move me at different times yeah. in different places. I used to like really chase passport stamps, like, you know, Getting to see another, like crossing a border was a big deal. But then, that, you know, when it really became about people, mm-hmm. like a lot of times I'm going to countries, you know, three, four, five, I'm repeating them. Yeah. I'm not just, you know, trying to get a stamp. So things change and people change and how we move our bodies and why we do it changes. So, yeah, my favorite, so all that to say, my favorites will shift probably what day or you're asking me. Well, what a great place to end. We thank you so much for your time, Marissa. Thank you so much. Yes. Where can where can people find you or to give your um? Or you can fo- follow me yes. on IG at Urban National, and that's Urban National. U <laughs> R B A N A T I O N A L. I was, I was going to say, drop your handles. Yeah, drop your handles. <laughs> drop your handles. Same thing for us. You can find us on Instagram with Black Girls with Accents. Thank you so much for coming on. Please. Welcome. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Always a pleasure. Thank you.